Hello, hello, welcome back. Um, so today I'm going to talk about um, restraining orders and how they're, you know, they're helpful, but they don't always work. But before I do that, I do want to thank everybody for listening, for your support, for your feedback, and your questions. And um, I just want to um, continue to thank everybody for all of the things that you're doing to help me make this successful and to remember that um, if you're in a situation like this, you're not alone, that there are other people who um, have experienced what you have experienced. And I'm just trying to share these stories to bring awareness and to start opening conversations about domestic violence um, because silence is one of the things that um, just helps perpetuate this and so if we keep talking about it, then, um, you know, we'll become more aware and hopefully we can help to stop this. So um, I'm going to talk about restraining orders and just, I guess before I tell the story, I just um, want to just let you know, you know, I did have a restraining order against my abusive ex and, you know, they're not perfect. I think in, in my situation, it intimidated him enough that he didn't. Um, continue on with his harassment and things that he was doing to me but the, the problem that I had personally it was minor compared to what I'm going to tell you in this story but um, the restraining order was um, against him was to restrain him from coming within I don't know what it was like 500 feet of me and not to call me anymore and so on and so forth but the problem was we had children and the restraining order in my case did not protect him. So he still had his visitation rights and he still had all of the things that, uh, you know, a parent, all the rights that a parent would have. And <laughs> so it's kind of counterproductive, really, other than the fact that, you know, in his case, it, it let him know that I wasn't fooling around anymore. You know, but I still had to talk to him. My children were little. So when it was time for him to come and get them I couldn't have him just standing out on the street waiting for him you know I had to interact with him and um you know if if he had been a different person my situation could have turned out much differently and maybe not as good so and that's what happened today well with the story that I'm going to talk about so the the people in the in the story involved are Karen Ruiz and Herbert Nixon Flores they had had uh, a relationship and he had a history of being violent with her and she had a restraining order against him. He also has um, just some background. He was a member of the M13 gang and had a violent criminal history. And there were reports over the years due to domestic violence between the two of them. So she had a restraining order and then on... Um, January 6, two, uh, 2021, so just this month, at about 9.35, she was taking her daughter to daycare, and he pulled up behind her. Now, um, there is a videotape on the internet showing this, so I could see it, and it was in a driveway. There were a lot of cars there, and he was pulled up behind her, so she was kind of crowded in and wouldn't be able to back her car out to get away from him, so... She got out of her car, and you could see her screaming and running up to 
the door and he shot her. I mean, it showed it on the videotape. He pulled out a gun, ran up behind her and shot her. And then a woman opened the door. I'm assuming it was the daycare provider and shouted in Spanish, you know, he killed her, he killed her. And he runs back to his car and drives off. Now, in the meantime, their little girl is sitting in the car and she saw everything. And, um, she's safe now. She's with family members. Um, and as for Karen Ruiz, she was pronounced dead at the scene. So he shot her and killed her right in front of their child and right on the doorstep of this daycare provider. So he, he fled and he headed to Dallas, Texas, where he had family. And this occurred in um, California. So he left the state and he was headed to Dallas where he had family. And uh, the police were looking for him and they had ground and aerial units tracking him. So police on the ground and also helicopters. And eventually they found that he had abandoned his car. I guess he figured out that they were they were on to him and where he was. So he abandons his car and he starts walking. And um, when a marked police officer uh, kind of cornered him, he had the gun and he shot himself. So this, this, I guess, you know, in her case, the restraining order really didn't do anything to to help her he completely ignored it I don't you know we don't know because both these people are gone now we don't know what it was that provoked him that particular morning but she knew that he was violent and she did everything that she could she was calling the police and filing reports she got the restraining order and was just trying to take her child to daycare so that she could go to work and he gunned her down right there in this person's front step um, so I don't want to say that restraining orders are worthless or anything like that because they're not, but I think it, a lot of it depends on the person that you're dealing with. They are definitely not the ultimate solution. Um, and that's, that's my point today that she had done everything that she had been instructed to do apart from going into hiding and, um, she still ended up losing her life and this little girl that they had she's lost both her parents and she's now at least she's with family but you know she had to see this and she's going to have to deal with the loss of her parents now um and then of course you know there was the lady who saw him shoot her on her step and and the rest of the family they're suffering now as well and you know my heart goes out to all of the people who survived this and have witnessed this, but also, like I was saying, you know, even when you, when you do everything you're told to protect yourself, sometimes it doesn't work out, and I don't really have an answer for this, you know, we try to do the best that we can to, um, survive, but it doesn't always work out that way for everybody, and that's the sad part of this story, so, um, you know, I don't really have much more to say about it other than something better needs. I don't know. We need to do something. We need to talk about these things and make people aware and um, try to get help for the people that need it. That includes not just the victims, but the children and the people who do the abusing. They need help, too. Um, so those are my thoughts on this one.
for today. It's a sad story with a sad ending. And I'm sorry to leave you on such a sad note. But again, if you'd like to reach out to me, have questions or comments, my email is isurvivedchildhood at gmail.com. It'll be in the comments below. Thanks again so much for listening and take care and be safe. Bye-bye.